Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Tribulation, Make War on the Evil One. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Our episode last week, Tribulation, The Goal of Your Faith, Part 3, was posted on July 16th. Our sin is the largest impurity that we need to be purged of. It is not immediately removed from us as some here in America, believe. Be sure, though, Scripture tells us that while not removed, it is forgiven yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Yes, we are fully forgiven of all our sin, past, present, and future. We also noted that the trying of our faith is abundantly more precious than gold. For not only is gold being tried in the fire is purged from its dross and is proved to be genuine, it also shines all the brighter. So faith, being tried in the fire of affliction, is purged from unbelief. Hence, the reasoning for the afflictions we find ourselves in, even in modern times. We also found that affliction is the stronger term of many. The suffering of afflictions lies deeper in the soul and usually arises from some powerful cause such as the loss of what is most dear, family, friends, health, etc. Even though faith be tried with the fire of afflictions, yet it is precious and more precious than gold. It is tried for this purpose that it might be found unto. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, Tribulation, the Goal of Your Faith, Part 3. This week, our study is titled, Tribulation, Make War on the Evil One. Our title comes straight from Scripture and is only part of the complete thought found there. However, can we really make war on the evil one? The evil one being the devil? Seriously, can we really make war on him? Do we really possess that kind of power in us? If we do have such power, why are most of us clueless to it? To answer these questions and more, let's get started. Our passions and pride are in part the cause of conflict in many Christians' life. Passions and pride also make the most out of keeping us on the wrong side of God. Verse 6 points out, But he gives more grace, so that the writings say, God is against the men of pride, but he gives grace to those who make themselves low before him. James chapter 4, verse 6, from the Bible in Basic English, 1949-1964. But he gives greater grace, 
Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. James chapter 4, verse 6, from the New English Translation Bible. Both verses say the same thing, a bit differently. Notice, God is against the men of pride, or God opposes the proud. Either way you read that, it clearly is not a good place to be. However, our study verse tells us how to fix this. It reads, For this cause be ruled by God, but make war on the evil one, and he will be put to flight before you. James chapter 4 verse 7 from the Bible in Basic English, 1949-1964. If we decide to be humble, we are better able to make war with the evil one. For we know who the evil one is in this verse. So, the question remains, can we really make war on the evil one? Let us dig deeper to find out how this might work, or if it works at all. Resist the devil. By no means do not submit or yield an inch to him. The only way to overcome Satan is not by yielding to him, but by resisting and opposing of him. Satan is both a conquered enemy and a cowardly enemy, though he has a bold face, yet a faint heart. Resist him, and he will flee from you. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. Making war on the evil one is done by resisting him, by no means submitting to him, not yielding even one inch to him. Note, the only way to overcome Satan is not by yielding to him, but by resisting and opposing him. Notice also from this commentary passage, Satan is both a conquered enemy and a cowardly enemy with a faint heart. This is what we need to fully realize and understand. Most of all, he is already conquered, defeated, fully overcome. I have observed that it is fully easy to not know or even think that this is true. Despite he is already conquered, despite he is already defeated, despite he is fully overcome, he can still make a strong impression on us when he tempts us. We also need to fully realize that temptation is all he needs to work with. It is us who give in to temptation, which now becomes a trial or worse, a tribulation. Trials and tribulations are not really in his toolbox to work with unless, as with Job, God makes it so for a time. As it can be seen with Job, Satan needs to ask God to even try us. Satan was told by God 
that he could only do certain things to Job, and there was also at least one thing God said he could not touch. If you are curious, read the book of Job to find out more. Moving forward, there are three things we need to look at more deeply. One, the devil's active enmity and continual hostility against man, implied and supposed, Satan is continually busy with us. That is, the apostate spirit and the spirit of apostasy lodged in our natures wherever we see malice, revenge, envy, hatred, pride, and self-love. There is that evil spirit which is so hostile, contrary, repugnant, cross, and injurious to us, that is, the sting and poison, the very soul and spirit of the apostate nature. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. Let us get a good definition for the word apostate. It means, in its original sense, applied to one who has abandoned his religion. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. So the apostate nature mentioned above is the abandonment of your religious beliefs which causes, in its fullness, the abandonment of your religion. This is by all of mankind, male and female. We understand, too, that in this life, none of us can be perfect in this body which we shed when we are called home when Jesus comes again. Remember verse 6? It read, But he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. From the New English Translation Bible. Just what is it to be humble? The word means not high or lofty, not pretentious, or magnificent, unpretending, unassuming, not proud, arrogant, or assuming, thinking one's self ill-deserving or unworthy, when judged by the demands of God, lowly, weak, modest, to endure mortification, to submit or apologize abjectly, to yield passively, to insult or humiliation. From Webster's 1913 Revised Unabridged Dictionary of the English Language. In short, one could say, claiming little for one's self. Even if you have done really well in business, one can still be humble, claiming little for themselves. The easiest way one can claim little for themselves is by not bragging about what they have. If you have done well in business, have an upscale car, house, and other items, simply bragging about all that is not claiming little for one's 
self. Or, in other words, being humble. Remember what Webster told us about being humble. Again, the word means not high or lofty, not pretentious or magnificent, unpretending, unassuming, not proud, arrogant, or assuming, thinking oneself ill-deserving or unworthy when judged by the demands of God, lowly, weak, modest, to endure mortification, to submit or apologize abjectly, to yield passively, to insult or humiliation. That is a lot to be mindful of when learning and or willfully being humble. It doesn't mean we cannot work and attain many of the finer things in life. However, it does mean we do not lord one's success over another person by bragging and or making others feel bad about their present situation in life. Being in a very wealthy part of the Northeast, I see many people, saved and unsaved, making others less fortunate for any reason feel bad about what they lack when compared to these braggarts. This is wrong according to our Bibles, and by the word definition of humble, it also means, as a person of means, you have more to share with those less fortunate than you. You can think of it as being God's blessing to those less fortunate than you. Not that you have to give all you have away, but by the means you have, you can do much good without seriously hurting your bottom line. 2. The Christian's duty discovered, and that is, not to yield but resist and oppose. We must either resist him, the devil, or be taken captive by him. If we do not resist him, we shall never get rid of him. If once we parley and treat with him, we must expect to be triumphed over and trampled upon by him. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. If we do not resist the devil, the evil one, in Scripture here, we must expect to be triumphed over and trampled upon by him. This is what we can expect when we do not resist him, so he will flee from us. We are the ones who get triumphed over. We are the ones who get trampled upon by him, the evil one. We suffer this even as Christ's children because we have a corrupt body. We will not receive our incorrupt body until we go home to eternity. This means when we are tempted, we must resist the evil one, the devil, so he will flee from us. It should also be noted that he does not simply walk away over a period of time. He flees, meaning that he runs as fast as he can. 
We see that in practical daily life. Whenever a disaster occurs, people do not simply walk away to safety, they flee to safety. Remember, the Christian duty is discovered. This means that it is something we learn as we grow in Christ. In that discovery, we learn more about not yielding by being resistant and opposing of the evil one. We are taken captive by him if we do not resist him. Notice, too, we will never get rid of him otherwise. 3. The certainty of success declared. He will flee from you. Every denial is a discouragement to Satan. The strength of his temptations lie in our treachery and falseness. We are false within ourselves. Otherwise, all his power and malice could not hurt us. However, if we continue our resistance, the Holy Spirit will come in with his assistance. He will be our second in the field, and we shall find that stronger is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The God of peace will bruise Satan under our feet shortly. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. That is very strong and hopefully a comment and scripture that builds personal security in Christ. Notice right off the top, the certainty of success declared. He will flee from you. Every denial is a discouragement to Satan. Meaning, every denial to Satan's temptation is a discouragement to him because we are seen by him as lost to Christ. That right there needs to be what Satan sees in us every moment of our lives in Christ. Why? The strength of his temptations be in our treachery and falseness. We are false within ourselves. Otherwise, all his power and malice could not hurt us. The first part of this statement is telling of us all. The strength of his temptations be in our treachery and falseness. Meaning, the greater our personal treachery and falseness, the easier it is for Satan's temptations to strike a chord in us that makes his temptations appealing to us. We then begin our regression into a more sinful nature and spirit as we fall. Temptation then becomes either trial or tribulation. Intermingle that with the emotional pain we suffer, and it all becomes far worse. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. While you yield to God in all things, you are to yield to the devil in none. 
zero. You are to resist and oppose him in whatever way he may approach you, whether by allurements, by flattering promises, by the fascinations of the world, by temptation, or by threats, Satan makes his way and secures his triumphs rather by art, cunning, deception, and threatenings that by true course and when opposed manfully he flies. The true way of meeting him is by direct resistance rather than by argument, by steadfastly refusing to yield in the slightest degree, rather than by a belief that we can either convince him that he is wrong or can return to virtue when we have gone a certain length in complying with his demands. No one is safe who yields in the least to the suggestions of the tempter. There is no one who is not safe if he does not yield. From Barnes' New Testament Notes There are a few things we want to note in this passage. First, while you yield to God in all things, you are to yield to the devil in none. This is very true and appropriate. It is also, in this life, easier said than done. However, that does not mean we are not to work at it by doing our best to yield to God in all things, so that you do not yield to the devil in any. Secondly, you are to resist and oppose him in whatever way he may approach you, whether by allurements, by flattering promises, by the fascinations of the world, by temptation, or by threats. Note further, Satan makes his way and secures his triumphs rather by art, cunning, deception, and threatenings then by true courage, and when opposed manfully, he flies. Meaning, whether man or woman, if you oppose him with a strong front of opposition, he flies. He flees from you. His means are by art, cunning, deception, and threatenings. All four of these things are the things that can cause us fear. In that fear, we can become confused and thus fall into whatever trap the evil one has for us. A threat on us is the easiest of the four to defend ourselves from. However, art, cunning, and deception are more clever and may be used to break our spirit and strength. Then coupled with a threat or threats, and it can all seem more powerful than it really is. This is why we need to resist the devil, the temptations and excitements to sin, represented 
as offered by Satan. From John S. C. Abbott and Jacob Abbott, Illustrated New Testament, 1878. Resist the devil by refusing to do wrong. For the accomplishment of any object, the devil is a living and busy agent, exciting and increasing human wickedness, tempting men to envy, violence, and fraud. But he may be, and he ought to be, effectually resisted by refusing to comply with his temptations. From Family Bible Notes from the Nazarene Users Group. The conclusion, we must set the positive virtues against those vices, and therefore, whereas we obeyed the suggestions of the devil, we must submit our minds to God and resist the devil with a certain and assured hope of victory. In short, we must endeavor to come near to God by purity and sincerity of life. From Geneva Bible Translation Notes. That should give you a lot to work with, to fortify better yourself in your fight against the evil one. Will any of us win this battle every time? In our sinful bodies, prone to sin, it will be difficult each and every time. However, we must fight the good fight in this life as best as we can to be more pleasing to God today than we were yesterday. Remember, the one kink in all of this is to remember to ask God for forgiveness once we realize we have sinned. It will then be immediately forgiven and we will be right with God, thus winning the fight and being seen by our God in heaven as sinless, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Next week, we continue our summer series. Our episode is titled, Tribulation, Our Present Sufferings. What are our present sufferings? Why do we have these present sufferings? Are these sufferings caused by things other than our sinful ways? Join us next week to find out more. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, 
Welcome, and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphens in unchurched our bible tablet and desktop compliant website has more information links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item we are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now, to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week. This is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.